Greetings to Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. I'm your host today, Pastor Neil Radical. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity in Christ's kingdom at Emmanuel. Glad to have you join us today. Our devotion for today is based off Psalm 31, verses 15 through 16. This is a psalm of David, and it's one that continues to pray to the Lord for deliverance from his enemies. Ultimately, David had a life on the run and at war, and so many times David could have easily thought that he was going to lose his life at the hand of his enemies, whether it be Saul or any of the surrounding nations, Philistines or uh, Goliath, whoever it might have been. David could have felt like he was going to die, but yet he trusted in the Lord to deliver him. That's exactly what he says here through the, the words of the Holy Spirit from Psalm 31, 15, 16. David writes, My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Such a wonderful phrase there to think about my times in your hand because that ultimately contradicts what the world says today. So often we're reminded by the world that we are the masters of our own destiny, that we are in charge of our own future, and ultimately, we can't look to tomorrow and know exactly what to expect. When we say, my times are in your hand, Lord, we are giving him the credit for every day that we've been given. We're giving him the credit for every breath that our body does on our own, for every heartbeat that our heart beats without our instruction to do so. Yes, my life, my times are in the Lord's hands. And so if we know that he continues to preserve our body and watches over it and keeps us alive in this life until he calls us home, then we can also trust him to deliver from the hand of our enemies, whether it be those who persecute us because of our faith. In David's day, it was those who were seeking to destroy him and kill him as the uh, king, anointed king of Israel. And so we can see how the Lord continues to remind David from his own hand that the Lord had delivered him from the hand of his enemies. At this point in time with the psalm, we could see how the Lord had already done that with Goliath or with the lion or bear that David had defeated with the strength of the Lord to protect the flock when he was a young boy. And for all those who persecute me, verse 15 says of our text, any of those who would speak against the Lord or against the Lord's anointed. Ultimately, David's prayer was, make your face shine upon your servant. Maybe think of the Aaronic blessing that we see in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. The Lord is our light and our salvation, Psalm 27 says. So who should we fear? The Lord is the strength of our salvation. And so David pleads here, save me for your mercy's sake. Save me, Lord God, because you are full of grace. You I do not deserve your love, but you continue to show it anyway. So David is appealing to the Lord's characteristic here to show that grace and mercy as David was accustomed to, that forgiveness of his sins, that mercy in his life where he was up against death itself. And so the light of God's presence, the light of God's word, is what David was asking the Lord would shine upon him, that he would deliver him, that he would save him from all of his fears, whether it be those of sin and eternal death or the fears of those who are trying to harm him or put him to death. 
As we recognize that times are in the Lord's hands, this is an important point to make when it comes to our own working with other people. How are we treasuring the time of grace that God has given to them? How are we comforting others when their loved ones have had their time of grace come to a close or completion? If we know that every minute of every single person's life is a gift from God, how are we using that time? How are we using the time that God has given us? Are we seeking him out to learn of his gospel, the good news of our salvation? Are we seeking his word out to see the promises that have conquered death itself in Jesus' resurrection from the dead? Are we seeking the Lord out in his sanctuary to worship and praise him for how he's answered our prayers, how he has delivered us from the problems of this world, from the difficulties and dangers and challenges from the hand of our enemies? We have a number of reasons to praise the Lord. As we pray for him to make his face shine upon us, we pray that that light of the good news of our Savior would be reflected in every things, every single thing that we say and do in our lives. And so let us rejoice today in Psalm 31 that our times are in the Lord's hands and that while he has us here on this earth, he is going to use us and bless us as he sees fit so that his name would be glorified above all. May the Lord continue to let his face shine upon you in his word of comfort, grace, and mercy, and of truth, and that his word would continue to deliver you from the hand of all your enemies, and that the Lord would continue to comfort you, remembering that our time here on this earth is short, and that he will bring us home safely to be with him forever in heaven, along with other, other, all other believers. So it is in his name we pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time to reflect on your word briefly, and that we would be strengthened in that mercy that you've shown to us. Help us to rejoice in your grace and your truth, and that the fact is that our time is in your hand, and in your gracious and glorious hands, we give thanks for you blessing us with the faith that trusts and leans on you above all things. Bless our day today, and help us to give thanks for the heavenly home that you have waiting and have promised to us. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. As far as updates and reminders for the week are concerned, as we look here at September 8th today, it is Wednesday, there will be no online Bible class tonight. I will be having public school catechism class, and I will be meeting with the new school family members, so my evening is pretty much booked on that. And so we're going to continue with uh, our online Bible class break, um, not just tonight as we did last week, but next week we'll be having our second congregational meeting on the choir policy discussion, along with some other questions that came up. And so again, probably for the next couple of weeks here, we will not be having online Bible class throughout the rest of the month, more than likely with September. Uh, we will be starting our weekend Sunday school and Bible class in just a couple of weeks here on September 19th. So we'll be having our Sunday school teacher installation that weekend. And we'll be picking up a Bible study on why membership matters. So please make a point to come to that Bible study. I'm looking forward to that discussion of why membership today is so important when it comes to our congregation or to our day-to-day lives. Also, at the end of this month, September 30th to October 3rd, we have our Man Up Retreat in Wyalusing, Wisconsin. If you're looking for more information on that, men, it's at manup.clclutheran.org. There still is time to sign up, so don't hesitate to do that yet if you're interested in going. 
Also for our prayer list today, we continue to keep in our prayers Steve Groth with his eyesight and his infections that are giving him all kinds of problems in his life. We pray the Lord would give the doctors and specialists wisdom in helping treat him and figure out what's bringing him these problems. Also, we want to keep in our prayers Dave Miller, Paula Stelter's brother from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. He is battling a very difficult cancer, and we want to pray for him today. And also, we want to pray for Lila and Addie, those young little girls who were born quite early, that they continue to grow healthy, and hopefully in the next month or so here, they will be uh, released from the hospital and be able to go home with their families. With these prayer lists on our hearts, let's continue by looking at our doctrine of the day. Last week, we had finished off a short series on the fourth commandment in connection with returning to the school year. Today, we're looking at the fifth commandment and what the Lord says through that command and Luther's response to that. The fifth commandment is, you shall not murder. We know what that means as far as, yes, we should not take someone's life. But what does this mean? Luther writes, we should fear and love God that we do not hurt nor harm our neighbor's body. We should help and be a friend to him in every bodily need. This really brings us to the understanding of who alone has the right to take a life. In our devotion from Psalm 31, we mentioned that all of our times are in the Lord's hands, and they should be there. And so we should not be taking another person's life, whether they be someone we want to seek revenge on, whether it be an older person who just wants the end of their life, or uh, a brand new person that's, be con- that's been conceived that Maybe someone wants to abort while they're still in the womb. If all of our times are in the Lord's hands, then we need to be extremely cautious about taking that right into our own hands. And so the Lord reminds us in Genesis 9, 6, Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For the image of God he made man. There's a lot of verses of the Bible that talk about the value of our life, the time of grace that God has given to us, and the fact that it is the Lord who has given life, and it's his will for when to take that life away. Lots of times people struggle with that, trying to understand God's will for ending someone's life. Certainly we can see it when someone is full of sorrow or sickness and really suffering. We, we pray for that. The Lord would take away that suffering or or end their suffering so that they would be delivered from that suffering in this life. And so ultimately when we talk about it in that aspect, we'd say, well, that's a good thing when the Lord delivers someone from the suffering and sickness that they were going through, maybe a very painful cancer experience or some other sickness or illness that was really making life miserable for them. We praise the Lord for that deliverance. Can we also praise the Lord for the deliverance from our enemies? We maybe think of David who wrote that psalm, who is protecting the nation of Israel by putting to death those who would try to come and conquer that nation, to take that land for themselves, to enslave that nation. The Lord would fight with his people and protect them by putting to death those surrounding nations that would come against them. And so we'd say, well, yeah, that's a good thing too. Much like we pray that our military would keep us safe or our police would keep us safe when the wicked would try to hurt or harm us in our body. Ultimately, we want to look at God's fatherly hand as one of protection when it comes to life. In Romans 13, we mentioned before that God gives the government the authority to administer to us for our good. 
if the people in this world do evil, then we should be afraid of the government, because he says in verse 4 of Romans 13, he does not, the ministering, governing authorities, does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. So for a nation that would stand up against wickedness and violence, whether it be done to our people or others, I'm proud of that. I, I'm thankful that the Lord would continue to give us a nation that would stand up for those who are weak or who are innocent and that they would act justly. In that sense, we wouldn't call that murder for those who are defending their home or defending to bring peace to our nation or the world. We talk about the Lord using them to put to death the evil and wickedness of the world. And so ultimately, when we talk about who alone has the right to take life, it is the Lord's, and he gives that right to different people that he's put in charge of us to keep us safe and protect us as well. Ultimately, that's really the understanding of the fifth commandment, to keep us safe in our physical body. And so he has this commandment for our well-being, not to say, oh, you shouldn't take someone's life because you're upset with them. That would be true. But ultimately, he's doing that to protect our life because the Lord has created all the uh, this life here on this earth and he wants to guard and keep it and protect it and he also as we know wants to deliver us to eternal life so I don't want to live forever in a sinful world so I can be thankful that the Lord will one day take my life to be with him forever in heaven that's something we can look forward to and not to be afraid of so a very important question I was just trying to explain briefly about who alone has the right to take a life the quick answer again is God according to the fifth commandment and the rest of God's word, and ultimately the ones who God gives the authority to execute justice in this world. And that would be our, our governments and nations. And that's where our prayer comes in, that we pray that, it would do that they would do that in a God-pleasing way and not in a, a sinful, tyrannical uh, way that would be contrary to God's word. In-depth discussion there, lots of different thoughts. If you have more thoughts or questions on this, please feel reached to reach out to me and discuss further if you'd like. This would bring us to the hymn of the day as we look at this life that God has want, desired to protect. We ultimately think of the life of Christ who was given to protect us from eternal death. It was given to give us the joy of eternal life with him. That's what this hymn from the Lenten season speaks of in hymn 151 from the Red Hymnal, which is entitled, Christ, the life of all the living. I'll be reading verses 1, 6, and 7 for our closing for today. Christ, the life of all the living. Christ, the death of death, our foe. Who thyself for me once giving to the darkest depths of woe. Through thy sufferings, death, and merit, I eternal life inherit. Thousand, thousand thanks shall be, dearest Jesus, unto thee. Thou hast suffered great affliction, and hast borne it patiently, even death by crucifixion, fully to atone for me. Thou didst choose to be tormented, that my doom should be prevented. Thousand, thousand thanks shall be, dearest Jesus, unto thee. Then for all that wrought my pardon, for thy sorrows deep and sore, for thine anguish in the garden, I will thank thee evermore. Thank thee for thy groaning, sighing, for thy bleeding and thy dying, for that last triumphant cry, and shall praise thee, Lord, on high. Amen.
Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast today. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you. Have a great day.